Come on. Anna, should we get started? Yes. I love it. Welcome to Lifeblood Express. This is George G., our guest today. It's a strong and powerful Anna Jackson. I'm excited to have you on. Anna is a financial journalist, having written for outlets such as Goldman Sachs, Fortune, Forbes, CNBC, Harmony, The Balance, and Bloomberg. Again, I'm excited to have you on, Anna. Tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Sure. I'm so excited to be here. Um, So I kind of geek out on a lot of money topics. I've been writing about money for over a decade. Um, When I'm not doing that, I tend to think about money a lot, which is maybe good or bad. Um, And, you know, that's not all I do, obviously. Um, I love being outdoors. I love like hiking, um, going to the beach and stuff like that. Uh, But in terms of the money stuff, I... What I've done, I guess, you know, you read off a bunch of different places, and I guess what I would say the common theme is, is trying to help people understand complex information in an easy way. Amen to that. That is, is, I think, a lot of financial stuff does require an interpreter because there's just so much complexity to it. Does that frustrate you? how much complexity that there is, or is that just job security? (laughs) Uh, No, it does frustrate me because there's also things that, you know, I know a very small slice of that world and I don't pretend to be a full expert on it. I know what I know, but then, you know, sometimes for me to like pivot slightly and learn something else, it's like just, you know, you feel like there's information flying at you and it doesn't feel like it should be so difficult. Like, you know, I it is frustrating we don't learn more of this in school. Mm. Yeah, I appreciate that. So you are, uh, for lack of a better term, you're 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 putting all this stuff into a funnel, and then you're trying to sort of parse out. This is stuff that people really ought to know, and, and here's here's how I'm going to present and package this information in a way that's actually digestible and then hopefully usable, so people can can create good financial results for themselves. Um, you and I connected because I was, I was doing some research on how to help parents talk with kids about money. And I, I came upon an article that you wrote in and I reached out to you. Um, and so I appreciate that. And that's sort of, uh, you are working to equip then parents to understand money so they can then turn around and try to position their children for success because to your point, we don't necessarily learn this stuff in school. Yes. Yeah. And I think that the thing that maybe many of us experienced growing up was that money wasn't talked about in the house and it was perhaps a taboo topic. And so the more you can kind of, you know, move away from some of the things that you were taught or not taught about money as a kid and, and think about what your kid's might benefit from knowing like that can you can set your kids up at a young age for success this episode is brought to you by money alignment academy if you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company your organization and your employees check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show 
it's interesting, right? It, it was, uh, it was, it was politics, sex, and religion, and money that we were never yep. supposed to talk about, and now we seem perfectly content talking about politics and probably sex yep. as well and religion, but maybe not so much money yet. Yeah, and even, and it's not even just with your kids. I think that a lot of people avoid money conversations with friends and family, even as adults, and I think that it is a it is a strange topic to talk about because you know there's differences in how much money people make and and things like that but i think that we all face some confusion and uncertainty a lot of times about whether or not we're doing the right things to set us up for the future that's a big piece of it is that's something that we as human beings really want in fact we probably need it is certainty right yes. and so how do we potentially create certainty around money? Yep. Yeah. And <laughs> I'm not sure I can assure everyone on the answers to that today, but <laughs> you know, we can we can maybe find a few things that help people find a little bit more assurance. Yeah, that's the thing, right? It's I, I think that we're pretty uh, well, just for me, I I know that that if I can be shown a step-by-step process that well, there's no guarantee in anything in life, but if I'm following these steps that I'm probably going to position myself for long-term success, that that's of value. And certainly mm-hmm. if you give people, here's, here's some tools you can take and present to your kids and they might, you know, be millionaires or they might, you know, whatever, or the opposite, but at least you've done your part. Right. I also think it's a gradual, you know, I think you need to start thinking about learning about money as like maybe learning a language like it's you're not going to read one article and know everything about say the stock market but it's it's gradually becoming more comfortable with exposing yourself to that information and then it kind of comes in more naturally by osmosis and so it's not something like you read one article and you say okay I know everything about the stock market now it's more to just get that baseline knowledge and then build from there. And I think that's, you know, it's easier in some ways to think about it as for kids because we think more about like how to teach kids things over time. But as adults, we can do the same thing. What a great, uh, what a great analogy of, of thinking about finance and money, like, like, like a language. And I I think that that really resonates or it certainly does with me. So nice. Well, there's, also, a lot of weird terms that feel like a foreign language at times. Oh, for sure. Yeah, that it 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 is literally it has its own language. So yep, <laughs> pretty funny. Yeah, and and it's it. I I always read that the best way to actually learn a language is just to kind of immerse yourself in it. So just go mm-hmm. to Spain if you're interested in yep. learning Spanish. And so from a, a super practical standpoint, um, there's certainly things you need to teach your kids about money but if you can show them uh, sort of that 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 immersion that's probably super helpful yes and i think one thing in talking to people over the years one thing that a lot of uh people recommend for those conversations with kids is to do this bucket approach and so it's it's uh taking you know if a kid gets ten dollars for their birthday Um, instead of just saying, okay, here's your $10, do with it as you please, setting the kid up to start thinking about budgeting, really. And it's taking that $10 and splitting it between 
three buckets generally, three or four buckets. So there's the spending, the saving, and then maybe something charitable or investing. Um, and so as you, I think that, you know, a lot of times kids don't really know how much $10 is, especially at certain ages. And so if you can kind of get them to start thinking about, okay, what do I want this money for? Do I want it for something today or for something tomorrow? And I think um, that is a lesson that a lot of people recommend with kids is to uh, get them to kind of start thinking about their own priorities with that money. Yeah, I think that that I think that that makes a lot of sense. Um, it's it's it, it, sort of an abstract thing, right? It's uh, but so how 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 do you how is it best to then talk to your kid about that and say okay you 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 just got uh 10 bucks you could go and buy ice cream with it right now but i know that you've been mentioning that you want a a a paw patrol toy um and if you wanted that then we'd need this whole ten dollars plus another ten dollars is it kind of a conversation like that yeah so i think it's i think it's yeah it's starting to lay out what say that $10 can buy. Mm. It could buy, you know, however many ice creams today, or we could put it in in an account and over time it would grow or maybe you'll get a little bit extra money or maybe you have allowance and we can add to that amount. And over time, that $10 will become $20 and then you can buy the toy. But you can't buy the toy today because you don't have enough money for it. Um, And so, yeah, it's like, it's... uh, involving them in the conversation about how much things cost this delayed gratification um the the value of saving versus spending you know like the the ice cream example that you brought up yeah you could have the ice cream today but that means you're not going to get the paw patrol for quite a while (laughs) so it's that trade-off and and those are conversations parents are already having with their kids of you know, like if you have the cookie before dinner, you, you're not going to eat dinner. So they are natural conversations. It's just with the twist of money involved in that in that conversation. Yeah, I think that, that makes a lot of sense. In terms of, of, of the investing piece, um, I, I, I think it makes all the sense in the world to talk to your kids about uh, about getting started with investing. I'm curious as to what age that 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 might be the correct age not that there's going to be a correct age necessarily uh, but then also that there's probably a lot of parents out there that are not currently you know doing a lot of personal investing so how how, right. how do you talk about helping them to get started also yeah I mean I think in a lot of ways it could be a journey that parents and kids start together hmm. and that is fine you know it doesn't have to be the parents have it totally figured out and then start teaching the kids so Um, I think one of the recommendations a lot of people say to start with kids is to introduce them to the concept of investing with companies they already know. So if your kid loves Disney, you know, you can talk to them about how you could buy a little tiny chunk of the company and you would be a part owner. And so those conversations probably start more around like, say, like the second grade level, you know, depending on sort of where your kid is, it might be able to start earlier. But just introducing them to this idea of like a company is like a pizza and it's divided up into all these tiny slices and you could have one of those tiny slices of the company 
if you start investing. I love it. Company is like a pizza. That's that's. Yep. <laughs> you should <laughs> be a writer. Whatever, you you you, you know, should be a writer or something, Anna. Like right. <laughs> nice. Okay. So company like a pizza. So around the second grade level. So that's what. That's like seven or eight. Six, seven, eight. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think that age probably, like I said, you could probably start maybe a little bit younger. Um, I think you can definitely start younger with the like budgeting type of conversations, but mm-hmm. the investing is probably just, you know, you, if you already have that base of sort of how we're thinking about money, introducing investing, maybe like I said, first, second grade level might start making sense. Yeah, I appreciate that. Um, so what are your thoughts on, on giving kids a, a salary allowance, just a, a sum of money on a weekly, monthly basis? Well, I don't have kids, so I mean, I always like it's a huge caveat to say like I'm not sure I'm allowed an, an opinion of sorts, but I personally, I'm personally not a huge fan of that. Um, I it, unless that is like for chores. Like I just think you know to give your money to give your kids money just for being there is not necessarily <laughs> like the right lesson to teach them. But if it is, okay, you do these chores and then you get an allowance, that I think is totally different. <laughs> but um, I think you do need to sort of like instill in them the idea that you don't just, it, this money is not guaranteed. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is a life lesson that, you know, people lose their jobs and they might lose their income stream. And yes, there's unemployment and things like that. But like, you do need to, you know, there are some requirements for getting this money each week. That's my personal opinion. No, I a thousand percent agree. Yeah, the if we're trying to get down to the first principles of money, is that uh, that work is valuable and and you know money does not grow on trees. It does not magically appear. You need to work for it. Um, and so I've sort of been leaning towards referring to it as a salary. And uh, yeah. this is not money that you get just for being here. To your point, but these are these are your responsibilities as a member of a family, and if you do not do them, then you do not receive your 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 salary or your income or whatever it might be. Um, so that's sort of where, where it, 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 at this stage I'm, I'm I'm kind of coming down on it. it doesn't mean that, that that's right or wrong. And then um, the ability to earn extra money through like some kind of a like a, a job list of you know here you got to clean the gutters or whatever it might be and to visually represent that somehow it strikes me that that would be helpful as well yeah and i think that because you know if the money just kind of falls out of the sky for kids which happens for birthdays and Mm -hmm. and you know holidays and whatnot they don't i don't know that they like they don't understand the sort of like concept of how much it is as much as if they have to, if they have that memory of I had to clean the gutters and I got $5, then they have sort of a trade off in mind where, you know, whereas when they get money in the mail and it's 20 bucks for turning a year older, they, it doesn't, <laughs> it doesn't, you know, resonate quite as much. So, yeah, I think that the trade-off of like you did this, you did this task, and you got this money for it. I, I personally, that's how I was raised. So I think that's a helpful way for kids to start learning about the value of money. Yeah, that's interesting, right? And and you sort of, I, I imagine that that you as a thoughtful person who 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 is a writer 
why do you suppose that you have this 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 interest passion for for money um i think yeah i mean i think as a kid there was yeah i I wanted it's not that i was like wanted money so much it's just that i remember (laughs) i have such a strong memory of i really really wanted a my little pony yeah and there were these conversations with my mom about you know, these trade-offs and, and I had to save. And then it was this, you know, I finally got the My Little Pony and I didn't really like it that much. Mm. And I remember kind of feeling like, oh man, I wish I hadn't been so keen on this, but it was a little too late. (laughs) Experience regret at an early age as well, Anna. (laughs) But in some ways, you know, that also taught me that, um, because it was my money and someone didn't buy it for me, then it made me be more mindful about the choices I made in the future. Yeah, I appreciate that. So, as 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 you um, you've you've had the opportunity to contribute for some of the uh, the most prominent and and most well known uh, companies that that do money here in 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 the United States. How do you uh, how what what advice do you have to people who are interested in just sort of getting started uh, reading um, just about financial stuff and and you say okay you don't need to become an expert or a total money nerd but maybe do this on a weekly basis and check out these places? Yeah, I actually remember the first time I read the Wall Street Journal. Um, I had I was in uh, school for journalism. And I had this job where I would go through the papers and the Wall Street Journal would be in front of me. And I just remember looking at it and it felt so foreign and so overwhelming to try (laughs) to take all of that in. And then I saw one little article on the front page that piqued my interest for some reason. And I read it completely. And I just the next time I picked it up, I sort of did the same and then it became a gradual process of becoming a little bit more comfortable and this was a physical paper but becoming a little bit more comfortable with what the paper had and so I think in a lot of ways you know I think a lot of people when they seek out news they seek out news from sites they're comfortable with and I think it is helpful to start going to sites you're a little less comfortable with because you will start learning things by osmosis. So um, if you don't generally go to a site like Bloomberg or the Wall Street Journal or CNBC, you know, just go there at some point. They still have a lot of the same news as everybody else. They have politics. um, And, you know, Dunkin' Donuts has a new flavor of donut. They have a lot of the same information, (laughs) but they also have information Uh, that you probably aren't exposed to in other places. And just the more you become comfortable with those sites and sort of what the headlines are, and as you click on some of the stories and start reading them, I think it's a gradual process. Going back to that idea of a foreign language, as you become more comfortable with it, you uh, might be interested to like learn more about something in the story. And the good news is that there are explanations for basically anything financial at this point. So, you know, if you're reading a story and you come across a word you're not familiar with, type it into Google and you will have an explanation right away. Love it. 
Well, Anna, the people are ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them? Well, I think that tip of starting to go to different websites is a good one. But I think the bigger tip I guess I would think about is just how you are thinking about that $10 that comes in every month. And so we're, you know, as adults, we are getting a paycheck and we may be budgeting in subtle ways. But think about if you were telling your kid about how to do this or if you're telling a child how to budget what sorts of things you would tell them and then check if you're doing the same things. So, you know, if it's three bucket, buckets, if it's four buckets, just check to see if you're actually splitting your money up in that way. And, you know, if you were telling a kid what to do, are you really taking that advice for yourself? Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets, come on, come on. <laughs> yeah, that's great that great. you're telling your kid to do it, but are you actually doing it? That's, yeah, I think a lot of, ask. for myself, I can certainly say there were periods of my life where there was absolutely no thought to budgeting. No doubt. Me too. <laughs> <laughs> well, Anna, thank you so much for coming on. Where can people learn more about you? Thank you for having me. Yeah. Is there a spot that, that, that people can learn more about you? Sure. I am on Twitter. Um, I My handle is ALJAX. Seven. So I share a lot of the stories I write or other things that I come across that I find interesting. Love it. Well, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Anna your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas. You can find her on Twitter at ALJAX7. I'll list that in the notes of the show. Thanks again, Anna. Thank you so much. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight. We are all in this together.